0: We go faster, yeah. It's time for Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester, America's premier automotive news and information talk show. Ken loves talking all about cars, past, present, and future. Here he is, that automotive nerd with a historical twist, Ken Chester.
1: Welcome to another information-packed hour of Roadworthy Drive. I'm your host, Ken Chester. If this is your first time tuning in, let me show you around. First of all, Roadworthy Drive is not your father's car show. I'm all about consumer information that you can use today, like tips on selecting, pricing, and negotiating for your next vehicle, new or used, what you need to know about insurance, heck, what you even need to know how to shop for a bank loan. And I don't stop there. We talk about all types of technology that is reshaping transportation around you, not just in the future, but right now. I break down the industry jargon in a way that you can understand, and more importantly, discuss the parts that are most important to you, the consumer, driver, or parent. Each hour of this program is chock full of information, and of course, this hour is no exception. In a few minutes, I'm going to identify a compact pickup truck that the manufacturer is cautioning owners not to drive. And if you're driving one of these, we're going to tell you, pull it over right now. Park it. It's that dangerous. As well as, would you believe, drones that are being used by a state police department in the United States? Keep listening to find out if it's your state, and that's in breaking news. Now, this time of year is auto show season, and for the balance of the hour, I'm going to be talking about... Uh, Three shows. One, the International Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, the North American International Auto Show in Detroit, and then, if time permits, give you a peek at the upcoming Chicago Auto Show at McCormick Place. All of this in this hour. Told you it was packed. But first, you're more than welcome to add your voice to the conversation. Call or text me now on the Roadworthy Driveline at 872-222-9793. That number is good 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, if email is your thing, reach out to me. That's Ken at RoadworthyDrive.com. That's my email address. Ask a question, offer an opinion, heck, make a suggestion. It's all good. Roadworthy Drive is a national program that requires seasoned professional at the controls in the studio to make sure all goes well as planned. That man with almost 30 years of big market radio experience is none other than my friend and roadworthy drive executive producer, Jack DeLeon. Hey, Jack. Hi, Ken. How are you? Not too bad. You
2: like that build up? Uh, yes, I like that build up. I'll, a lot. I'll take that quarter now, but I'm going to make Sasha really, really happy. Yes. Yeah. Speak. Be- Uh-oh. That's... You're
3: going to let me go to CES next year? No. Uh,
2: no. I will tell you this: I had a meeting with the suits this week, yeah. oh, and my my new I car. was I was the only one that was asked to be at this meeting. <laughs> That's they, scary. They were looking for new and innovative ideas. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I asked the suits if there was any way that they could send the three of us. Uh huh. To Chicago for the auto show. Hmm. Uh-huh. Nice. Do you know what the response was? I got back. I should start <laughs> packing my suitcase. Uh, no. Uh, we need to find a sponsor to do it. So I'm <laughs> going to ask right now, if there's anybody out there that would like to sponsor us to go to the <laughs> Chicago Auto Show, please get a hold of Ken at ken at com.
1: Well, actually... Truth be told, uh I do have a sponsor. <laughs> I know you do, but Sh- uh, Sasha and I have one.
3: Sasha. Uh, Sasha. We, we, uh, Jack. We,
1: we we will talk about that. Okay. <laughs> we we will talk about okay. that. We're
2: gonna move before we run out of time as usual. Now uh-huh. now, Ken, I am very familiar with this vehicle that you are talking about that the manufacturer has said stop driving. Uh huh. So please tell us what it is and why are we to stop driving it. It's a two thousand six Ford Ranger
1: pickup. Okay. If you own one, if right. you're currently driving it, right, the Ford Motor Company wants you to stop driving it. And this is no joke. This is serious. Now, I know. is
3: it just the 2006?
1: That is what the company says.
3: And it's is it there a particular model, or is it all... They, no, they it's did. all
1: the Rangers in that, in that category. Here's the thing. Two things. One, uh, something that we've reported extensively here. Yep. Uh, Takata airbag. Oh, boy. <gasps> um, second driver was killed last year. The automaker found out about it on December 22nd. Oh, boy. And they, the and I'm quoting now. Uh-huh. The company urges owners to contact their dealers to have the truck repaired at their homes or towed to the dealership. Uh, and, wow. quote, now, here's the weird part. To give you an idea just how technical we have gotten in this industry, we're not talking about 100,000 Rangers. We're okay. not talking about 50,000. What are we talking? 3,000 Ford Ranger pickups. Three no, thousand. But bear and in
2: mind, this is a twelve-year-old truck. But they're still on the road. They're still they're still drivable. on the road. And quite frankly, I'm assuming that Ford's thinking they're still going to be liable for them.
1: Apparently, especially with Takata well, airbag. If it's a Takata airbag, here's the thing. Okay, they're willing to this. We've never in all the re, in all uh, the recalls that we've reported on right. over the last number of years, we have never seen one where the automaker said, "Do." Not drive it. Wow. This is a first. Also, that they're willing to come to your home to do the repair. And if you do get it to the dealer, they will, in fact, give you a free loaner. Wow. Did I mention the truck is 12 years old? In fact, the assembly plant Mm -hmm. that built it Uh doesn't even exist anymore.
3: I mean, I understand that it's great and awesome that they're going to give you a free loaner. Not that they're going to try and get you to buy that loaner or anything.
1: No, probably wouldn't under these circumstances. No. Because this is a a safety recall. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That is crazy. Uh, Did I mention his truck was 12 years old? You did. Yeah. Let that settle for a minute. What kind of product liability do you know of of anything else that you would still be liable after 12 years? In this super happy culture that we live in. This does not surprise me. And that airbag scandal was such a huge deal. Oh, it bankrupted the company. Right. And it's not a scandal. If you get killed because this airbag, uh, one deploys. uh, Without reason. Without reason. Right. It's the the shrapnel that's Mm -hmm. killing people. Or if you are in an accident and it deploys, but the shrapnel comes, you're not expecting. People have been killed with the parts of this airbag that are not supposed to come loose,
2: coming loose and basically gore, goring people. Yeah. Well, and like I said, this is a big problem. Therefore, I see Port's position of saying, okay, guys, it's a 12-year-old truck. You know, in other circumstances, they'd probably look at you and say, okay, fine. Let's work on getting you a trade and getting you into a newer right, model. Right. Mm-hmm. However, in this situation, you got two problems. That's you got, right. you got Takata mm-hmm. and a Sue Happy Culture. Right. I and- wouldn't even go with the
1: Sue... Uh, suit happy culture. I mean, three thousand trucks. They are that's precise. That's pretty precise. Well, well okay. and that's yeah. also pretty good too. I well, think.
3: Why were they not listed when the recalls all first hit with the scandal? But these
1: have been rolling recalls. Yeah. down through the years, they've been adding to them. There's millions. of Like they're of not vehicles.
3: really sure which what all vehicles got that particular.
2: Yeah. Area. They, By the way, our 2008 Chevy HD work truck that we have, uh huh, got recalled.
3: For the same reason for the
2: same reason oh Whoa. my and, and that was either a year or two after the first recall started
3: now how painless was that was that to get that request?
2: honestly painless okay we were we were able to take it in on a Saturday mm-hmm. they did they changed everything out okay got everything fixed and sent us on our way now we're running out of time guys Sorry. we are so I want I want to get to this next point with you. I have a problem with this.
1: Oh, I've got a lot of
2: problems with this. A state police department is now launching dro- dro- drones. Sorry. <laughs> and for what reason? Um,
1: according to them, public state. safety, disaster response. And here's the one that bothers me, traffic safety. Mm. We don't have much time, but let me sum it up like this. All right. It's New York State, number one. That does not surprise me. Number two, um, their their argument is to be used, these four drones that they're launching and by the time they get done, they'll have some, let's see, 14 additional drones by April. So 24. Uh, no, 18. 18, okay. Okay, but here's the thing. The thing is that it's, they're going to send these in where it would be dangerous for state police to go. But nowhere in all of this, including the officers' training, is there a mention of the public's privacy concerns. That's the thing. Um, I just – I. If I got that's it. the that's thing. That's my issue. And it's mine, too. I mean, I understand. But number one, I don't see any protection here for the motorist or recourse. Okay. Number two, uh, how do you know that it's being used properly? Maybe somebody who, for whatever their own personal reasons, has access to this. Yeah. We've seen that happen. Yeah. That even if the state has got it together, you've got this these assets available, mm-hmm. and somebody misuses them for their own personal stocking or God knows what, Yep. and now you've got a problem.
2: Okay, here's here's my question. If I'm driving down a road in New York, mm-hmm. and I'm driving down the interstate, I'm minding my own business, and all of a sudden, this drone literally gets in my face. But you won't see it. That's the problem. Yeah, they're up high. That's... Oh, they're, okay,
1: they're not going to come no. down and try to stop you. No, but that's even more uh, sinister. You're being tracked... Uh, What kind of rights, what kind of privacy do you have as a motorist, law-abiding citizen, being, if you will, spied on?
2: That's my question. Okay, and this all goes back to the privacy concerns that I've had for at least a year or longer.
1: And and Jack, and this may shock Sasha, Mm. I actually agree with you. Yes. Coming back, and when we come up next, the 2018 International Consumer Electronics Show, and later, the 2018 North American International Auto Show, you're riding Shotgun with Ken and Roadworthy Drive.
0: Want more than your share of the road? Be sure to check out Roadworthy Drive on Facebook. this 1982 American Motors Concorde to make a point about warranties. The American Motors buyer protection plan includes the only full warranty in the industry, covering every part for 12 months or 12,000 miles, even if it just wears out. The limited warranties from all other car makers don't give you that kind of protection. The tough Americans can back their high-mileage Concorde like no other car, because Concorde can take it. More tough action from American Motors.
1: The tough Americans. If you're just joining us, welcome to segment number two of this hour of Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken Chester. It's auto show season. Yay! From the Los Angeles Auto Show in early December to the 2018 CES and the North American International Auto Show in January to even my personal favorite, the Chicago Auto Show in February, there's plenty to see and plenty to talk about. For the remainder of this hour, we're going to talk about auto shows, starting with the CES, held in Las Vegas. At the huge Las Vegas Convention Center. Now, I was there at the Las Vegas Convention Center. I still haven't forgiven you. It's huge. I And know. I'm telling you, it. oh, my goodness. It, it would take days to see everything. Mm-hmm. It just would.
3: Ironically, it's days long.
1: What do you know? <laughs> anyway, the twenty, the CES 2018 was held January 9th through the 12th. And they figured that they had 4,000 exhibitors... 184,000 attendees, and last year, even 1,200 speakers. And this has been going on for about 50 years. It's sponsored by the Consumer Technology Association. Now, I don't have time to cover every cool thing that they talked about and showed. I kind of picked and chose a little bit. And there's a reason why I chose this first one. Uh, it's, the name of the car is Solo. It's a single-seat uh, electric vehicle commuter car. That kind of puts you in the mind of the Elio. Okay. Only thing is, it's made in Canada. And they plan to start delivering them the end of this year.
2: Okay. Did they take up the Elon Musk, Musk um, way of building cars? No. Okay. No. Um,
1: they boast a 100-mile range, and 85 mile an 85-mile-an-hour top speed, and a $15,500 price tag. And it's designed specifically for urban commuting. Uh, because it can go 85, it makes it legal to drive on highways. And because it's fully electric, it qualifies for the uh, tax credits. The ta- Not just the tax credits, but uh, the commuter lanes, the HOV lanes in a number of states. Okay. Now, here's the great part. Lithium-ion battery, nothing new there, requires a six-hour charge at 110 volts to hit full capacity. Half that if you're at 220 volts. So if you've got a 220-volt house... Three hours. You're ready to go. Modest interior offers basic amenities like a heated seat and radio, although it does boast a surprising amount of cargo space. Get this with a storage nook behind the driver and a carry-on luggage-sized compartment in the vehicle's front. They call it a boot, trunk, whatever you want to call it. So – um Tax credits you mentioned, Jack, Mm -hmm. can drop the MSRP by five grand. So this thing could just cost a little over ten grand to own. But but this is a car specifically to drive in city traffic. Yes. Uh, And with a 250 refundable deposit, you can start, you may have yours by the end of this year. And I have
2: not seen a picture of this car yet. Now he shows me that. Okay.
1: Looks like an Elio. Uh,
2: No, basically it looks like a smart car that you could run over it and turn it into a pretzel.
1: Yeah, but it sort of looks like an Elio, the same thing. Elio still trying to get it done. Uh, These folks have gotten it done. Okay. Okay, here's the next thing. Flying car. They actually demonstrated a flying car at CES. Really? Yes, they did. I'm assuming this was outside uh, in the parking lot. No, it wasn't. It was inside? Yes, sir, it was. Oh, my. And it was Intel. And it was Volocopter. Uh, And I quote, Intel capped its keynote address at this year's CES by letting an 18-rotor air taxi fly across the stage. It's a thing.
2: Okay, it did not fly that far, but okay. No, but it
1: it flew across the stage. Fully electric, planned to be fully autonomous. And uh, they've got some money uh, right now, it's a battle between Intel versus NVIDIA. These guys are, are both fighting to give you the control chips right. that, that run all this stuff. So they're all out. All out. It's the Volocopter VC200. Uh, and this is built by a group, a 50-person startup in Germany. -hmm. Did I mention it flew across the stage at CES?
3: You know, you did. I saw videos of it. Um, I I watched the live presentation that they had. Yeah, pretty cool. eh? Sweet, Mm -hmm. looked pretty sweet. Now
2: here's here's the thing. Yeah. Okay. Now I got a question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where are you supposed to land this thing? Because even even if you can get this thing into a parking space, it's called a virtual takeoff and landing
1: vehicle. And we reported it here. Yep. Uber Elevate about a year ago. We talked about this at length. Dubai, Dallas, Los Angeles. Right. Are all cities where this kind of stuff's going to get launched.
2: But what I'm saying is you're going to take up more than a parking space to land this thing. No, no. You're missing the point. They're building
1: facilities to do this. To
2: hub. Okay. You don't have that right now. No. And and in most most what I'm going to call cities, you're not going to have that kind of infrastructure <laughs> jack, in place they're airport, putting them on the roof jack yeah, they yeah, put them on the roof
3: here's my thing you where's the parking garage where's the parking garage the top level of parking garage that's all you need yep that's all you need Yep. even if they don't actually have to build a hub all you need in the autonomous future in the flying vehicle future the top level of a parking garage and your autonomous vehicle or your uber is waiting right there to pick you up
1: okay i want to get to these other two things for the break okay Alexa Everywhere.
3: I know that's right.
1: Alexa Everywhere. Yep. Don't like it. I don't blame you, but they're working with something they call Alexa on board, a system that lets drivers access Alexa through the car's infotainment system, even when it's not connected to the Internet.
3: No, thank you. No. Yeah. Did you bring up R2-D2? Uh,
1: Alexa Everywhere. Yep. Alexa I, Everywhere. But
3: R2-D2, you're not going to talk about them?
1: No, I'm not. For, excuse me. Ford and Hyundai are working with Amazon, too. Now, I'm saving the best for last.
3: It's not the best.
1: Yeah, right here. Um, Cabbies fight back. Oh, this ought to be interesting. In Vegas, Mm -hmm. against Lyft and Uber, who was
3: providing free autonomous rides? Yes, they were from CES, by the way. Yes, they were. Did you happen to get the uh, token? What? The cabbies were charged to provide services.
1: Actually, the cabbies literally through their union were getting double what you could get for Lyft or Uber. But the problem is they've so fixed it where if you want a Lyft or Uber, you had to walk down, around. You probably had a 20-minute walk. Yep. Yeah, it, They're making it hard. Here's the thing. We've reported here a lot about how the cab companies were getting beat up and literally put out of business in larger cities. Mm-hmm. This is one city where the cabbies union said, you know what? We're going to fight back. We're not going to take this laying down, and we're not, we're not going out without a fight, even though you're going to pay double to get a cab. But again, convenience, they made the camps convenience, Uber and Lyft not convenient. So I'm wondering if this may be a playbook for other cab companies in
2: other cities to slow the roll of Uber and Lyft. I would have to agree with you on that, because when you mentioned earlier that the medallion in New York City has dropped by 50 percent at least, that's a concern. Yeah. Well, when we come back, car
1: lovers delight. What to expect at the 2018 Detroit Auto Show, and finally, a peek of what's coming up in Chicago. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is heard exclusively on the Roadworthy Drive radio network.
0: roadworthy drive like us on facebook
1: this is the third segment of this hour of roadworthy drive thank you for tuning in i'm ken chester now, for those of you who have not checked out our new and improved website, why not? It's www.roadworthydrive.com, and it's all new, with less clutter, easier navigation, uh, enabling you to get to what you want the most. From our behind-the-scenes video during the making of the show to audio clips of past shows, it's all there and more. The website is also a great place to find out where we are in the universe of social media. Sasha's our social media diva, and she keeps things light and lively during the week between shows. Check out our goings-on with social media and see how she keeps the social in our social media. Now, continuing on with the auto show theme of this hour, I want to focus on this year's North American International Auto Show, which is the official name of the show, when it's held at Cobo Hall in Detroit. Cobo Hall. I got nothing nice to say. I'm sorry. Really? Yeah. It's dark. It's tight. Um I've not I've I have been to what I call the Big Four. Okay. That's Vegas. I'm uh-huh. sorry, that's um LA. Okay. Chicago, New uh-huh. York, Detroit. Okay. I would classify Detroit as the most unfriendly, oh. as the most uh red tape involved. Oh. And just oh my goodness. And the rudest people.
3: Oh, it, okay, now let me let me address the first More
2: one. rude than New York?
1: Oh, yes, because here's the thing. You've got a lot of foreign correspondents to come. Okay, that explains everything. Exceptionally rude. You will get plummeled, beat up, pushed aside, uh, asunder. And in fact, the only of the big four auto shows that I had to yield my camera for inspection and have them put a sticker on the thing. Wow. Not Chicago, not New York, not L.A., not even Vegas when I was there for SEMA. Detroit. Detroit.
2: Okay, that would explain why you missed that car show.
1: D. De- no, I missed it because it's serious out-of-pocket money. Okay. It's a cost thing. I'd still go. I've learned how to deal with it. And basically, you can forget that first Sunday. Now, I don't usually go to the public days, folks. What I'm talking about is what we call media days for each of these shows. And each of these large car shows have media days. These are days in which the press, uh, the bloggers, all of us that report on this kind of stuff get a run of the place. The automakers make uh, personnel available. They do their introductions that way. That is why you get a chance to see the really cool stuff before the show opens because they give us a run of the place for a day, day
2: and a half. Okay.
1: Now, in the case of Detroit, you're looking at 7,000 journalists. 7,000.
2: And if you're in a small hall anyway, it's going to get a little cramped, right? I consider it
1: small compared to Chicago. Um, Now, the cool part is, if you're looking for heavyweight automotive people...
2: They're in Detroit.
1: They're in Detroit. And it was interesting. I watched... One year year I was there, a number of years ago, a a couple of days in, I watched... uh, the large executive of a major car company come through with his entourage, mm-hmm. his whole entourage. Now, there's nobody in the hall. It's me, a friend of mine from popular Mechanics. We're watching the fella come through with his entourage.
3: Right, right. Complete with sparkling ladies. Entourage. Flowing, you know, rose petals.
1: He doesn't work for that company anymore. Entourage. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. That, that says a lot about the company. Anyway.
3: Is there a historical reason for the fact that they hold it at that particular building?
1: Because Cobo Hall is Chicago's, I'm sorry, Detroit's version of McCormick Place. Okay. It's downtown. It's near Renaissance Center. They've been needing a new place for years, but it hasn't been happening. It's a matter of how much it's going to cost to build, where they're going to put it, yada, yada, yada.
3: That was going to be my follow-up question. Is um, it, do they have a plan? No, to... no. Okay, D- then.
1: Do remember, Detroit just came out of bankruptcy as a city.
3: I was not aware that they got out of bankruptcy.
1: Yeah, they did. Huh. Um now the Detroit show, the show itself is actually held from uh J- January 13th and it will go on through Sunday the 28th. That's the public days. Now, all sorts of stuff. Uh one of the keynote speakers and again uh Sasha will like this. I'm going to make Sasha happy. Yay. One of the keynote speakers there in Detroit mm-hmm. is uh the fella in charge that runs No. Blackberry. <gasps>
3: Yes. Oh my gosh, please someone pay for no, me no, to go no, to no. Detroit.
1: BlackBerry is actually making the pivot <laughs> uh-huh. uh in software. Right. right. They want to be part of the
3: autonomous.
1: Uh autonomous uh I guess uh, framework. Yes, yes. And they could bring a lot to it in terms of the safety and security. Yep. And that's kind of where they're going. Now, would you believe this show they're expecting in Detroit okay. the public days? 800,000 people? I would not doubt that at all.
3: Now is that a is that what That's a public show. What was theirs last year? Do you happen to have that number? I don't,
1: but it would be similar, okay. give or take. All I right. mean, that's kind of what they expect.
2: 800,000 people in a small place, 4,000. Yeah, but
1: that's over a number of days. That's not every day. Well, that's I know, cumulative. I
2: know, but but still, if you think about it, divide 800,000 by the number about of days. 12,
1: 13 days, you're looking at sixty to 70,000 people a day. A
2: day. Yeah. In a small place that's yep. crowded. Uh-huh. Hmm, what mm-hmm. could
1: possibly go wrong? Mm-hmm. In Detroit. Here's yeah. the here's the big question about Detroit. In the midst of all the cool stuff they're showing, like they're showing a redesigned Acura RDX. They're bringing Toyota's FT4X, which we saw in New York. Um, Lexus is bringing a big new SUV luxury to the wall kind of thing. Really? Go big or go home. Yes. Chevy's unveiling their 2019 Silverado. But the big question everybody's asking about Detroit, Mm -hmm. is Fiat Chrysler going to sell to Mm -hmm. the Chinese? Remember, you heard it here first. I told you that months ago. Say that again. Is Is... Fiat Chrysler going to sell part of their company or all of it to the Chinese? Okay. We talked about that. Yes, we did. And we talked about it months ago. I told you, honestly, they're the only ones, one, with the money. Yep. And two, with anything to gain. Yep. You know, you've got plants. You've got dealers. You can come in. Now, the big question, they're talking about maybe just Jeep and Ram. Yeah, and if that happens, Fiat, Dodge, and Chrysler are toast. There's nothing there, really, that's
2: sustainable. And you don't think you don't think with Chrysler, the Pacifica would be enough? Oh. No, oh. one one vehicle, and you're a dealer. No, and
3: why would you spend that kind of money when you could spend like what is it, seven thousand dollars more and get a Toyota? Well,
1: here's the thing: the Pacifica is actually pretty good. Eh. I had one. I had one. I know. It's actually they redesigned it. It's a nice vehicle. My argument is you can't sustain a dealer body with one or two products. No. The 300's long in the tooth. Yep. It needs to be replaced. Uh, they don't really... I mean, you got the Pacifica, the 300. What else you got in a Chrysler? Nothing. Uh, and when you've gone everything together, you still are lacking unless you've got the Jeep piece. And that's what Jeep and Ram is what's making you money if you're a Chrysler, uh, Dodge, Ram, Jeep dealer. Yep. yep. So it's, we're going to see. And, but there's a lot going on in Detroit, boy, I'll tell ya, including, you, including including a lot of Toyota's um, mobility vehicles, which you, are going to be really you, cool.
2: you think we're going to have a decision that's going to be made at at that auto show? Um, if not, soon. Okay. Now,
3: I do have a quick question. Really quick. Do you quick. know if they're doing the autonomous rides also for Detroit?
1: I didn't see that.
3: Okay. I didn't either. That's I, didn't, I, I
1: did not see that. Yeah. So here's the thing. For the fourth and final segment of this hour, when I return, a peek at my favorite all-time car show, the 2018 Chicago Auto Show. (laughs) I go every year. And that's next. This is Roadworthy Drive.
0: Go to roadworthydrive.com to check out Ken's blog, listen to past shows, and the times when you can see the show on Facebook Live.
1: tuning in this is the fourth and final segment of this hour of roadworthy drive i'm your host ken chester thank you for dropping by now this hour has been a look at the various car shows being held from the 2018 ces in las vegas to the 2018 north american international auto show in detroit i've pulled back the curtain a little bit to share a bit of what's being shown in this last segment we look ahead a few weeks to the 2018 chicago auto show being held in february Now, for the last 21 years, the show has been held in the cavernous McCormick Place. And all that while, I've been in attendance every year, usually what we call media days. Media days are a time that usually held a few days before the official public opening of the show, where the automotive press gets a run of the place for pictures, interview with factory personnel, and more. If they waited until the public was admitted, we would never be able to get the awesome pictures and interviews that we do. As for me, just to give you an idea of what I do when I'm there at Media Days, in just under two days, I will have taken little over 2,000 pictures of roughly 100 to 120 vehicles, including production cars, new introductions, and concepts. It's a daunting task, but I think I have to process down by now. And if that's not enough, just like I did last year, I may actually try to get some interviews with a few factory reps
2: on some of the new latest wheels. But... I digress. Okay. Should I have asked that we cue Frank Sinatra? Right. To do it my way? Right. Well, not only to do it my way, but was the guy that sung something about Chicago? Uh, my Kind of Town. Town Chicago. Yeah. 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 I believe that was... I wish in the production oh, meeting he would have told me that. I would have gone and pulled that, that, Wade, that Wait, wait, wait. Back up that. Like there was a
3: production say, meeting?
2: All I got yeah. to say, if somebody
1: read their production notes, they might have known that. What? I read the production notes. Ah, what well, was
2: in the but production usi- notes? But
3: usually right? the host will tell me, "Hey, go pull this." No, he likes to catch us off guard.
2: Never mind. I digress. Move forward. Yeah. <laughs> well,
3: I love Chicago. No, you can't tell.
1: About a million square feet under roof. Wow. People are a lot nicer. Right. Uh, the crowds are not crazy in terms of journalists. Mm-hmm. And because I've been doing it, it's been in the same place for so long. I've got my pattern down cold.
3: Are you willing to share some cheat sheets?
1: Um, Well, here's the thing. Usually what happens in Chicago, and I'm talking about the media days, because honestly, uh, media days are Wednesday through Friday. I believe that's February 9th through the 12th. Mm -hmm. By the time it opens to the public on Saturday, Mm -hmm. I should be back here, home safe. Long way away, about 300 some odd miles (laughs) from Chicago.
3: Before the wave of absolute madness.
1: Absolutely. been to detroit during the absolute madness well
2: and i've seen and it's not pretty i've seen your pictures (laughs) that you you have taken during the chicago auto show Mm -hmm. there is no way on god's green earth that you could ever get those pictures if you had to deal with the public no well here's the thing determining how they're
1: how they're parked plus there are usually press introductions of new vehicles where they take literally take the wraps off of stuff Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool now the beautiful part about chicago a lot of what they show in Detroit and L.A., not all of it, but a lot of it, makes it to Chicago. Right. So even if you don't make it to Los Angeles or Detroit, you're going to probably get about 85% of what they introduce there. Some of it they'll bring to New York, and I was at New York this last year. I'm hoping to get an invitation to go again this year.
2: Right, right. Um, but— uh it was pretty cool. Okay. My question is, can we get some kind of chronological order how the auto shows go? The first one is L.A., I'm assuming. Because Early of December. The, because of the model year.
1: Right. Well, not then necessarily. But, in fact, L.A. used to be literally the week before Detroit, and they moved it back. Yeah. Thank God.
2: Okay. So, n- basically, it's now L.A., Detroit, New York, uh, Chicago, New York.
1: Uh, Yes. But here's the thing. you got to throw in two more shows. Yep. C.E.S. C.E.S. Now. C.E.S. C.E.S. At the beginning, so it would really be L.A., C.E.S., Detroit, Chicago, New York. But then you also got to throw in SEMA.
2: Yep. That's true.
1: So it's literally SEMA in early uh, November, uh, L.A. in early December, uh, Detroit, well, C.E.S. in early January, Detroit immediately after that, Chicago in early February, and then New York in April. Mm -hmm. So you do have this squeeze of vehicles literally from December to February. And, you know, when L.A. was closer, I literally flew from L.A. to Chicago. That's a long haul. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, yeah. I was I did, in I L.A. One. one week and Detroit the next week. Mm-hmm.
2: I did that one a few years ago. Yeah.
1: It's, it's not fun. Uh, they're saying that the public show in Chicago is actually the February 10th through the 9th. Now, again, there's a whole lot of things coming. One of the things I'm looking forward to seeing, <laughs> I missed something. What?
2: February uh, 10th through th- the ninth. Through the ninth. <laughs> I'm assuming you meant 10th through the 19th. Thank you. Okay. Mm. Yeah.
1: Well, you know. <laughs> Media preview is 8 and 9. And uh, the public shows the 10th through the 19th. Okay. There, are we clear now? Yeah. Yes. yes. Everybody yes. happy? Okay. Now, the beautiful part, Ford Motor Company likes to introduce a lot in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they got assembly plants immediately south of town. That's right. So usually if Ford's going to introduce something, they like to introduce it in Chicago. So it's a great time to see what Ford's been up to. You mean to tell me that they would
2: rather do it in Chicago than do it in Detroit? Absolutely. I guess I can see that.
1: Uh, Chicago is regarded as one of the more consumer-friendly auto shows. Okay. and Okay. And they consider it... Uh, that most people that actually come to Chicago Auto Show, uh, according to statistics here, I'm looking at Chicago Auto Show at a glance, 70% of the attendees mm-hmm. during the public days mm-hmm. come to shop with 65% of the attendees in the market to purchase a new vehicle.
3: Oh, wow. Well
2: They've they... got
1: those statistics, and I haven't seen that kind of statistic in L.A. or Detroit.
2: Okay, right. do they go home and buy the car? Do they buy the car
1: and in Chicago? Well, remember when you say Chicago, you're actually saying Chicago Land, and it's the Chicago Auto Dealer Association that's been sponsoring this for years. Right. So you're looking at probably a maybe a hundred mile radius easily. So
2: that would get a, so that would get a benefit. Somebody could go home. Yeah. On the way home, and oh, by the way, we're going to stop this dealer. We're going to go home. Or go part. home to
1: their home dealer and buy it. Yeah. You know, because we even see auto show sales, and we're 300 miles from Chicago, but around Chicago, you will see. Uh, auto show discount. Oh, so there's okay. um, there's benefits even this far out. So okay. you know so there's that. Um, to quote a friend of mine that I actually know, and I've known him for almost twenty years. He's vi- he's now the vice president of U.S. marketing, sales and service, Ford Motor Company. Mark Lenard. Mark says it's a popular show because it's most attended by customers. The Chicago Auto Show really kicks off the spring selling season, but not just for Chicago, which is critically important, but in my opinion, nationwide. That's what he said. Mm -hmm. Mark is not given for just idle words. I've known the man. He's worked for Cadillac. He's worked for Saab. He's worked around the industry. So we've got all that. I will say that the Chicago Automobile Trade Association, which is the dealers, have been producing this world-famous show since 1935. And on that, folks, uh, another hour has ended much too quickly. For you, my dear listener, be sure to tune in next time right here when I have to do it all over again with the information you need. You've been listening to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester.
0: Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation.